Hello listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Activate God's Purpose, where we yield our humanity to God's divinity. At Activate Purpose, we believe that God is our creator. We believe that God has a plan for each and every one of us. He built each and every one of us for a purpose and sent us to this, to this earth to fulfill that purpose. And the best life that one can ever have is a life in God, a life fulfilling the purpose that God originally sent you and I for to this earth. And like he says, he will never leave us nor forsake us. So God will stay with us in that purpose, in that plan that he has, in that agenda. God will keep his word. He'll keep his word to that blueprint that he has for you, for me, for all of us collectively. The problem is we walk away from him. We walk away from his plan, from his purpose. We look for other things. We look for other destinies. We look for, you know, all the things that glitter, which we know by now, or we should know, are not gold. We look for false promises, which we know will end up in, will, will, will um, have us end up with heartbreak. You know, we look towards the lies and that destroy us. Nothing to look forward to that will keep us the way that God will keep us. And he is with us all the way. The problem, problem is we don't stay with him. He's faithful. His mercies are new every morning. And all we have to do is yield to him. And he, the Holy Spirit of God stays with us, guides us, instructs us, instructs us, keeps us, guides us, teaches us. The problem is we don't want to listen. If we could just yield to him. And so that's what we do here at Activate God's Purpose. We, our mission is to, to yield to God, is to figure out what does God want? Who am I? How did he build me? How did he create me? What does he want me to do? Who does he want me to be? How should I function? How am I built? How am I created? How did God master craft me? And when you discover those things about yourself, you realize that life becomes easier not that you will not face challenges, valleys and mountains. You will. You'll face the flood, the fire. All these things will come. Um, but the difference is you have God. You have Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit. Jesus being your solid rock. The psalmist says, take me to the rock that is higher than I. You know, and the Holy Spirit is here for us, here to teach us, here to comfort us. He's here for us in every which way. And God is our Father. He's our Creator. He made us. He took the time to give us breath, to form us. He knew us even before we were in our mother's wombs. He knows every hair on our head. We are the apples of His eyes. The problem is we keep running away from Him. And then life starts to hit. Things begin to happen. And then we blame Him. We say, oh, there's no God. There can never be a God. How can God exist and all this is happening? Or we know he exists and then we become very angry at him. But today, let's talk about hope. Let's acknowledge that God is not in the wrong. God did not do anything against us. If anything, he did the greatest thing for us. He sacrificed his son for us, Jesus Christ 
who is the way, the truth, and the life. And he resurrected him. And Jesus is at his right hand, whispering in his ear. The Bible says he's constantly interceding for us on our behalf, talking to God. The blood of Jesus constantly crying out to God to forgive us, to have mercy upon us, to give us another chance. We're the ones, we're the ones that are at fault. But the minute we say, Father, I need you, he's right there. Let's talk about hope today. Let's talk about the things that have happened to us that have made us feel hopeless, that have made us feel useless, that have made us feel like we don't want to live anymore or is there any reason to live? Yes, there's reason to live. You're so precious that God took the time to make you, to create you with divine purpose, a divine blueprint that's all for you and about you, a divine plan, a divine agenda just for you, just for me. The mighty creator of the universe, the earth, the moon, the stars, the mountains, the, 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 the planets, everything took the time to create individual blueprints, individual purposes, individual plans, individual agendas for each and every single one of us. How special is that? How unique is that? How powerful, how mind-blowing is that? And all he asks for is worship, adoration. God, I bless you. God, I thank you. God, I appreciate you. God, I honor you. You are my God. You're the first in my heart. Before anything else, before anyone else, it is you, O oh God. All the glory and all the honor go to you. That's all he wants. That's all he wants. All the stuff we're holding on to so tightly, you know, and, 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 and idolizing them. When we can spend all that energy worshiping the one true God, the one who sees us as so unique that even the angels, the angels wonder at him. Oh God, what is man that thou art so mindful of him? Let's talk about hope today. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Let's talk about hope. Let's talk about God's kind of hope. He says he knows. He does not doubt. He knows the plans that he has for you, that he has for me. He declares that. He says, plans for welfare, plans for good, for your good, for my good, for the good of the world, the good of our loved ones, the good of our children, and not for evil. So when evil is happening, that's not God's plan. He says, to give you a future and a hope to give you. He's thinking about you. He's looking for ways to bless you. He's looking for ways to bring you out of that vicious evil circle or cycle that you keep going through. Bring you out of those evil patterns. Bring you out of that horrible affliction. Bring you out of those traps. Bring you out of those ditches, out of those dungeons. 
bring you out of your mind because sometimes we, a lot of times we are the problem, but we don't want to look in the mirror. We don't want to look inside. And we're busy blaming everybody else, but God loves us so much that he will find a way to fight you for yourself. He will find a way. And I say this because God fought me for me. He fought me for my soul. Every time I ran away, every time I did things I should not have done, every time I got into things I should not have got, gotten into, he always found a way to bring me back. He resisted me for me in order to save me. This is the God I'm talking about. To bring me back to the purpose, blueprint, plan, and agenda that he has for me. And the more I stick to it, the more I realize how beautiful and wonderful it is and the more I, I, I think, oh my gosh, I wish I had understood this before. But there's hope. There's hope for all of us. It's not too late. You can come back to that purpose, divine purpose, divine blueprint, divine plan, and divine agenda that God has for you. Let's talk about hope. Hope is real. God has a future. The uh, uh, other words for future or synonyms of future are eventual, forthcoming, destiny, planned, ultimate, eternity, infinity, hereafter. God has a, a, a hereafter for you and for me. God has an infinity, an eternity for you and for me. The thing is, on this earth, we have what is called our free will. And so we can allow God to take us into his eternity or we can reject his eternity. We have hope when we believe in him to enter into his eternity, to go into his eternity, right? To go into his hereafter, to be in what God ultimately has for us as destiny. We can walk in that. There's hope. Another word for hope is anticipation. And other words are aspiration, belief, confidence, desire, wish, faith. What do you wish for? Do you have faith? What, what does your faith move towards? What are the things that you believe in? What are, what are the things that you have put your confidence in? What are the things that you anticipate in life? Do you anticipate God's plan? Do you anticipate God's inspiration? Do you anticipate God's eternity? Do you anticipate God's good plan for your life? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. What is your faith? What is your hope? Do you only hope on the things that you see? You put your hope in the things that are in front of you, that you believe in something because it's right in front of you. But with spiritual things, we don't do that. With God, we don't do that. No. It says, now faith is the assurance. We are assured of things hoped for. We know we will get things that we hope for. In fact, we will get exceedingly abundantly above what we think or imagine when we put our hope and our faith in God. It says the conviction of things not seen. The conviction, the belief 
unshakable, unwavering belief of things not seen. We haven't seen them. But we know because of him, because of God, our hope is unshakable. And therefore, the things that we have not seen but we hope for, we will get them. But the beauty of God is that we will get even better than what our human mind and heart can hope for. Hope is a spiritual thing. Faith is a spiritual thing. Hope is a spiritual exercise. Faith is a spiritual exercise. And so to some people, having hope and having faith is not practical. It's unreasonable. You don't make sense to them. Don't fight it. You don't lose your faith. You don't lose your hope because they don't believe, because they tell you that you are not practical. Well, God isn't practical. God doesn't follow protocol or protocol. God doesn't have to answer to man. Have hope and hold on to your hope. Hold on to the assurance that you have. Hold on to the fact and the truth that God has a good plan for you. Hope in him. Put your trust in him. Be Rest assured. Be, be, be certain. Be of good confidence. Of a certainty. God will come through for you. And he will come through better than you think or expect. It might not be when you want him to. Or how you want him to. Or with what. But he will definitely give you more than you have ever hoped for, thought of, or imagined. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. So while you wait, while you hope, (laughs) it can be a really tough place to be in. Not even can be. It is a tough place to be in because everything around you cries out for your hope to manifest, for your hope to take place, for your desires to be fulfilled. But God says, stop, wait, be still. Not yet, not yet. And in that place of waiting, in our humanity, we get tired. We become fatigued, impatient, exhausted, sad, depressed. But God, when, when, how, why, how, why does it have to take this long? Have hope, have faith, my brother. Have hope, my sister. Hold on. And when you are weak, he promises he shall renew your strength. He says they shall mount up with wings like eagles. That's how powerful you are. That it is so, you are so powerful. He's built you so powerfully that when you hope against hope, you have faith against faith. However you want to put that, you know what I mean? When it has just, you know, just the rubber has hit the ground and it is, you are backed against the wall. Like they say, between the devil and the deep blue sea. You see no light. Nothing can help. No one can help. There's nothing anyone can say. God has built you and me so powerfully that as we wait, as we become weakened and exhausted and tired and fatigued, he says they shall mount up with wings like eagles. (laughs) In a place of hope and waiting, with all the emotions that we go through, the anxiety, the anxiety, the fear, You know, maybe people laughing at us, mocking us and saying, we don't understand you. What are you doing? Why don't you just just do this? Why don't you do that? They have all these solutions. And those solutions are so easy to take as shortcuts 
to wait for God is, no, is not an easy thing. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Don't do anything. Don't move of your own accord. Don't use your mind or your own understanding or your, or your own wisdom or the instruction of men. Wait for me, God. When I say move, move. When I say sit, sit. When I say take a step, take a step. Ah! It's no joke. But there's power that becomes built within you. And it stays with you. And it stays with you for life. When you experience that kind of power in the place of waiting, in the place of hope, in the place of faith, you mount up with wings like eagles above the storm, above the noise, above the shortcuts, above the dead ends. You rise above. You rise above. You rise above. He says, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. You will run and not be weary. Power. You will walk and not be faint. Power has come into you. Power from on high. God who will never leave you has strengthened you. God who will never forsake you has empowered you. Be patient. Keep spreading your wings. Don't give up. Keep on going. Keep on running. Keep on walking. Many mountains, valleys, and roadblocks. Many things saying, stop, don't go any further. Many things will say you are not being reasonable or logical. You're being foolish. You're not being practical. Well, like I said earlier, faith, hope are not practical things. They're spiritual It's a spiritual mindset, focused on God, only on Him, believing only in Him, assured, certain that He will come through. The Bible says that God meets us at the point of our need. Romans chapter 8, verse 24 to 25. For in this hope we were saved. For in this hope we were saved. Our hope in God, our assurance that he will come through, our faith in him keeps us secure and it saves us. Then it says, now hope that is seen is not hope. If you can see it, you're not hoping. There's nothing to hope for. It's in front of you. It's right there. For who who hopes for what he sees? Do you hope for things that you already see? No. They are already existing. When you hope for something, when you have faith for it, it's not physically existent. But you're trusting God to provide. You're trusting God to come through with it. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. When it's in front of you, there's nothing to wait for. When it's not in front of you, that's where faith comes in. That's where hope comes in. And what do you do? The Bible says we wait for it with patience. That's found in Romans chapter 8, verse 24 to 25. Patience. And we wait with patience. We wait patiently. And we trust God through his word. And for some of us, From the past experiences we've had with God, we know he'll come through. It's a matter of time. 
Romans chapter 15 verse 4. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. To have patience in God, to have patience for God to come through, to wait, we have to read scripture. Ha. Oh, The word of God, we have to be anchored in the word of God. We have to keep believing, to keep hearing the word, to keep holding on, to keep having the kind of faith I speak of. When it's not in front of you and it doesn't even look like it, it, it can work out, that it's going to happen. The only thing that can really keep you, that can really keep me, is the word of God. You patiently wait. And as you wait, you read his word. You listen for the Holy Spirit. You listen for God's instruction patiently. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. This word was written formally in the past, in ancient times, ancient wisdom for us today. For us yesterday, for us today, for us tomorrow, for our future, this word of God, this Bible, to keep us steady, to keep us without anxiety, without uh, depression, without suicidal thoughts, to keep us sane, to keep us wise, insightful, vigilant, powerful, strong, to make us more than conquerors, Because the more you read the word of God, the more of him you have in you. And the Bible says, he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. You filled with the word of God, you are greater. You are greater than any challenge. But you have to know this. You're so great that when the problem comes, you become like an eagle. And you spread your wings and you fly above the problem. Wait patiently. And as we wait, let's love God more, not become angrier with him or more frustrated with him. Those feelings are normal. I've experienced them myself and I just get so angry at God and I just become so impatient. And so um, the one thing I don't become is anxious. I don't have anxiety, but what I do, I will become is impatient, you know, and I just, God, I know you can do this right now. I know that you're that powerful that you can actually take care of this this very second, like right now, but why aren't you doing it? Why do I have to go through all this? And then when I've gone through all this, you know, all the, whatever I had to go through before that blessing comes, I just sit down, I laugh, I bow my head, and I just, I just, <laughs> I just worship, and I thank him, and I'm like, okay, I get, I get it. This had to happen so that this, now I appreciate the blessing even more. Now I see why you kept me waiting. Now I see why I had to be patient. I could never have imagined this, <laughs> that you would come this way or this route or do this for me. This is even better than what I thought or what I was being impatient about or impatient for. Thank you for this gift. Thank you. You see, so wait patiently. Don't turn away from him. Don't, turn, don't throw in the towel. The Holy Spirit is right there with you, holding your hand, walking with you. Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says, And hope does not put to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The Holy Spirit has been given to us. 
and he's going to keep pouring the love of God into our hearts. And as he puts, pours the love of God into our hearts, we grow to love God more. And as we love him more, we grow to trust him more. And as we trust him more, we grow to have more hope and more hope in him. And we grow to love him more and we grow to have more faith and we grow to have more hope and we grow to believe more and more and more strongly that all the time that he is God and that he will come through for us. And all we have to do is have faith. So as you wait and hope, for, focus on God. Let your mindset be on him. Your mindset matters. What you put your mind on as you wait for him, as, as, as you wait for your, your desire to come through, the things that you dream to come through, as you wait for God to work things out according to his plan, his will, and his agenda for your life. Let your mindset be on him. Keep your mind on the word. Keep your mind towards God and the things of God. It's not easy but it, 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 it gives you more peace. It gives you more peace, the kind of peace that God gives. Because you know that he's there with you every step of the way. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, he says, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Sometimes waiting for God, waiting on God, it feels like you're wasting away physically. But what's really happening is your flesh is becoming less. Your carnal nature is becoming less. And what is happening is uh, the nature that God built you with, the nature that God built, breathed into you, the image of God that he created you in, the purpose and the plan of God that he made you with are actually coming to life. So on the outside, physically, in your flesh, you feel weak, you feel tired, you feel drained, you feel like this cannot keep going on. But then at the end of the day, what's really happening is your inner being, your mind, your spirit, where it matters, is being renewed, is being renewed. You're being changed, you're being developed for the better. And it says, for this light momentary affliction is preparing us an, an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. So our focus becomes on the things that carry weight. That is eternal things, the eternal glory of God, the things that we do not see, right? It says, beyond all comparison. Let me just read that line again. For this light momentary affliction, this is light affliction, this is momentary. It's not going to last the things of God last. What God does will last. The things that we do will not last. The things that the world brings to us will not last. But whatever God brings will last, which is why it is very, very, very important to stay in his purpose for you and his plan, his agenda and blueprint for your life because those will last. Those will conquer the world. Those will conquer problems. Those will help you to get through the challenges, the mountains, the hills, the valleys. Those will help you to get through. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. We don't look to the things that are seen. Don't look at the things that you can see. Look at the things that are not seen, the things in God that we cannot perceive with a natural eye. We cannot perceive with a natural sense. For the things that are seen are transient. They're transient. These things that we see will transition. These material things, human power, human titles, 
human, the things that we build, we create, human systems, all these things are transient. They don't last for eternity. So don't hold on to them. Keep your eye single-mindedly focused on eternal things as we hope in God, as we trust in Him. It says, but the things that are unseen are eternal. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. You see the difference? Keep your eyes, keep your mind, keep your spirit, keep your soul focused on eternity. Keep your ears focused, your senses, your heart focused on eternity. Everything else is transient. Hope in God, wait for Him. You will not be disappointed. You will not. He gives you more than you think or ask or imagine. I keep saying that because it's so true. Proverbs 23 verse 18. Surely there's a future and your hope will not be cut off. Surely there's a future. But you decide which future does, do you want. God has said, I have a future for you. I have a hope for you. I have a plan for you. And it's a good one. But, you know, like I always say, God doesn't touch our free will. He gave us this thing called free will. That's one question that I would love God to answer. I, I, you know, he, uh, he, he, he doesn't like to force us. He doesn't want to force us. He wants us to come to him willingly. He wants us to come to him. God doesn't force love. You know, he doesn't force adoration. He doesn't force worship. Because if you force it, then it's no longer adoration. It's no longer worship. It's enslavement. And God didn't come. Jesus did not come. The Holy Spirit did not come to enslave us. God did not create us to, to be his slaves or to be enslaved by him. He gave us freedom in the truest sense, liberty in the truest sense. We are the ones that misuse that liberty and that freedom. He says, surely there's a future. What is your future? Who holds your future? Do you hold your future in your hand? Do other people? Or does God? You decide. Whoever holds your future determines where you're going, who you're going to be, who you're going to become, and how you're going to end up, and where you're going to end up. Whoever holds your future, whatever holds your future, whoever determines whatever determines your future will determine where you end up. The choice is absolutely yours. The choice is absolutely mine. Isaiah 41 verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. That is a promise of God to you. As you hope, as we talk about hope. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. I I myself, I, God, will uphold you. So what is your posture as you wait for him, as you hope? What is your dream? What is your vision? What is your mission? Who do you hope to become? What do you hope to do? What does it look like? What is your mindset as you wait for him, as you wait for hope to come through, as you have faith? What is your focus Psalm 31 verse 24, be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. Lamentations 3:24. the Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore 
I will wait for him. Your soul says the Lord is your portion. Your soul knows who its God is. Your soul knows who created it. Do you know who created you? Do you know who your God is? Which God do you wait for? Do you wait for this God? Or do you have another God that you depend on? He says, therefore, I will wait for him because my soul says the Lord God is my portion. My soul says that. And because my soul says that, it says, therefore, I will wait on him. I'm going to listen to my soul and I'm going to wait on God. What will you choose to do? What does your soul say? Is God your portion? Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. Again, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. So this man is not just putting his trust in the Lord, but the Lord is his trust. Is God your trust? So don't just put your trust in him. Let him become your trust. Walk in him and trust. Hold on to him. He is in you and you're in him. That kind of trust. Psalm 119 verse 114. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Remember, we're talking about hope. The psalmist says, you, that talking to God, you are my hiding place. As I wait, I hide in you. I am secure in you. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. You are my rock. You are my anchor. You are my strong tower. You are my glory and the lifter up of my head. You are my shield and my buckler. Amazing God, the first and the last, the author and the finisher of my faith. The one who knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. Thou who seest and knowest all things. You, I put my hope in you. And as I put my hope in you, I hide myself in you. What is your posture, my brother? What is your posture, my sister? What is your posture, my friend? As you wait, where do you stand? And what do you hide? What do you hold on to? Who do you hold on to? What do you believe in? Who do you believe in? The psalmist says, you, that is God, are my hiding place. That's the posture of the psalmist. And my shield, my shield, the one who protects me, the one who covers me. I hope in your word. I'm going to hold on to your word. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to learn your word. And I'm going to eat your word. And I'm going to let your word take root inside me. So that no matter what happens, as I hope... I become stronger. I spread my wings like the eagle and I soar. And even when I run and I walk and I become faint, I am still empowered because my mindset is on you, oh God. My spirit is on you because I'm listening to my soul say, telling me that you are my portion and that you will not disappoint. Psalm 71 verse 14. But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more it says, I will hope continually. I'm not going to stop hoping. In fact, I will praise you more. It says, yet more and more. I'll praise you even more. The longer I have to wait, the more I will praise you. The longer I have to wait, the more I will worship you. The longer I have to wait, the more I will adore you. 
the more I will see you as God, the more I will trust you, the more I will hold on to you, the more you become my, my hiding place, the more you become my shield. It says, I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. Psalm 33 verse 18, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love. God's posture, as you wait, his posture is, his eye is on you. His eye is on me as we hope. What he does, he keeps his eye on us. He doesn't turn away. He keeps his eye on us as we wait, as we hope. Steadfast, unchanging. Psalm 147, verse 11. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. God's mindset is taking pleasure in you as you wait for him, as you hope in him. Right? Your posture is believing that he's your, he is your hiding place and he's your shield. Your posture is to continually hope and continually praise him. Your mindset is to believe what your soul says, that he is your portion. Your mindset is to wait on him, knowing that he will not forsake you or leave you. His posture is to continually keep his eye on you as you have faith, as you have hope, as you wait for him to come through. His, his eyes are ever before you. He, and then his posture also is to take pleasure. He takes pleasure in you. The more you wait, the more you hope in him, the deeper his pleasure in you becomes because my God, he is about to show off on your behalf. He is about to open the heavens and the earth and the world on your behalf. He is about to make signs and wonders and miracles and things happen beyond your imagination that will shut the mouths of the people who have mocked you, who have laughed at you, who have thought that nothing good will come out of you. He is about to show up and show you out. He's keeping his eye on you. And his pleasure, his heart is full of pleasure because of you. And he's coming. You just wait. Just be patient. 1 John 3, 3. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Waiting on God also brings purity. I mean purity in the sense that you become refined, you change, you grow, you mature. You become spiritually mature. You become physically mature as in characters and the way you think, the way you treat people, how you see yourself, how you see others, how you see your humanity and how you see the humanity of other people. And you make these choices of becoming more like Jesus, listening more to the Holy Spirit, having a deeper relationship with God the Father. If you have the right mindset, that is what happens. That is what takes place. You become refined. Your mind becomes renewed. And you, you don't get filled with bitterness and anger and hatred and malice and all those things. Those things start to die away. They start to die away and you just, you just want God more. You just hunger for him so much more. Hunger for his word. Hunger for his worship or to worship him. So worship as you wait, as you hope. You're being purified. You're becoming better. You're becoming godlier, so to speak. You're becoming kinder. You're becoming more patient. The things that used to bother you stop bothering you. Anxiety goes away. Suicidal thoughts go away. You begin to see how valuable you are in the eyes of God. 
hold on to your hope. There's more in it for you than you know or you think or imagine. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 to 4. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character. Yes, there you go. And character produces hope. You see? More than that, we rejoice in our suffering. So rejoice. Let your minds, I know, cry. Yes, it's okay. Feel bad, feel angry, feel upset. Yes, it's very okay. But don't forget to rejoice. Rejoice in your suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Suffering produces endurance. It helps you to wait. It, beca- it makes you become stronger. It makes you become more patient. It makes you become more firmly rooted. It makes you become more anchored, if you allow it to. And endurance then produces character. You become so much better. You like yourself so much more, trust me. And character produces hope. When you have character, you have hope is easier because you've now become this person that has this character of waiting. You have this posture of patiently waiting because you know it's going to happen. You just know it's a matter of time. You don't lose sleep at night. Even if you do, you say, okay, no, I'm not going to lose sleep over this because I know it's going to happen. You become, you smile more, you laugh more, you're more peaceful, you're less agitated, right? So wait and wait for God's answer. Let's have hope. We're talking about hope. Let's talk about hope. Psalm 38 verse 15. But for you, O Lord, do I wait. It is you, O Lord my God, who will answer. Ha! But for you, O God, do I wait. It is you, O Lord my God, who will answer. Do you know, when you think that way, when you have that kind of posture, as in Psalm 38 verse 15, you are making, you're putting God to work. You are challenging him. When you say, I'm, I'm not waiting for anybody else. I'm not waiting by my own power, my own strength, my own wisdom, or anybody else's. I'm looking up to you. So you either do this thing for me or you allow me to be put to shame. And remember, hope does not put to shame. Remember, God's plans don't, do not put people to shame. God's plans do not destroy people. Right? It's the things, it's the things that we do Oh, that people do to us that destroy us. God's plan isn't, oh, I'm going to destroy this person. No, God's plan is, I sent my son, Jesus Christ, to die for you so that you might have life and life more abundantly. Okay? It says, but for you, O Lord, do I wait. It is you, O Lord my God, who will answer. It is you who will answer. That kind of hope, that kind of faith, you're challenging God, you're challenging the angels, you're challenging the Holy Spirit, you're challenging Jesus, you're, you're saying, all of heaven, I'm waiting for you to come through for me. If you don't come through for me, then I don't know who else, what will. If you don't come through for me, then well, I guess that's it. Because I'm not going to look anywhere else. I'm not going to look anywhere else. I'm not going to look up to anyone, not to myself, not up to anybody else. Not my family, not my friends, not my colleagues, nobody. Not my bishop, not my pastor, not my my congregation, nobody. Not my title, not my money, nothing. Not my doctor, nothing, nobody. You, it is you, O God, that I wait for. 
That kind of stubborn faith, that kind of stubborn hope will shake heaven, will move heaven. And when God starts moving on your behalf, you will literally see it. You will feel it. And at some point, you just go on your knees because you can't even take the blessings anymore. You, you, you can't take the wonder, the power, the might of God that comes down, the presence of God, the glory that comes down, the blessings that come down, the healing that, come down, that comes down. When you shake heaven with that kind of hope. John 14 verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you. Not as the world do. Sorry. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Let your hearts be filled with the peace of God, with the peace that Jesus has left you, has left for us. As you hope, as you wait, as you rejoice, as you worship, as you hold on to your shield that is God, as you hold on to your hope that is God and in God. As your soul says, God is my portion, as you look up, to the glory and the lifter up of your head. And you say, God, nothing else, no one else can come through for me, only you. So I wait, I wait, I wait for you. And if I become weak, I know that you'll empower me. You'll renew my strength, but I'm here. I'm in this posture of hope. I'm in this posture of faith. I'm in this posture of waiting for you. Hold on. God will come through for you. God will bless you. God will see you through. Put your hope in him. Put your faith in him. Put your trust in him. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God keep you. God cause his face to shine upon you. God answer you and respond to your prayers, your desires, your vision beyond your imagination. In Jesus' name. I thank you for listening. I look forward to another episode. Feel free to write to activategodspurpose at gmail.com. Feel free to visit www.activategodspurpose.com. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for being here.